welcome to episode 77 of Formidable Opponents, a show that pits three people who have known each other virtually their entire lives in a series of conversations as we argue what is best in a variety of fun, engaging, and critical pop culture topics we all debate about. I'm Randall, and with me as always, Bob and Joseph, and this week's topic is Best 90s Country Song. It's important to note that country's music expansion to FM in the 90s was aided by the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, and it's no coincidence that this docket led to bolster the genre's profile. The music became less about my wife ran away with my best friend and I miss him, and more about emotionally open experiences and nuances void from the guises of archaic, toxic stereotypes. While it's true that we inherit a fondness of music that shaped us during our formative years, you cannot deny that 90s country found an important balance, the perfect blend of traditionalism with that modern influx of pizzazz and production. You also have to consider that country lightened up in the 90s. We talk about current country music detractors and how someone like Merle Haggard would not put up with Luke Bryan's prancing and ass-gyrating theatrics, but 90s country carried some of that transition stigma that every generation has to endure. Country musicians were no longer stoic shit kickers. They now smiled, they ran around stage, they water skied in their blue jeans, they had mullets poking out of their hats, and no longer wore their hair in a pristine pompadour or bouffants. By the way, if your father had a pompadour like Conway Twitty, you have siblings you've never met, or so goes the meme. Let's not forget that the 90s saw the emergence of female artists. Talents like Reba McIntyre, Faith Hill, Patti Loveless, Martina McBride, Shania Twain, the Dixie Chicks, they all emerged, and the female aspect of country music no longer rested solely on Dolly Parton and that horrible woman George Jones reference on He Stopped Loving Her Today. 90s country music was bigger than the song. Outrageous production, creative stage shows, record-breaking album sales. It was clothes. It was hairstyles. It was sexy tractors. It was a lifestyle. Yeah, and we all ate it up. And that's why this week, Formidable Opponents is talking best 90s country song. As always, I'm joined by two guys who spend most every night beneath the light of a neon moon. Bob and Joseph, how are you guys doing? Pizzazz? Buffant? Bro Haggard, is it? he'd be kicking in your ass as well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? What's up, guys? I'm late at night. We're sipping on Wild Turkey 101, and I've been jamming a country for the past four days, so I feel really good right now. And my jeans are very tight. So, guys, let's start off by talking a little country music, the opening questions. What were your experiences with country music in the 90s? Is there a specific memory you have tied to the genre? This is also still, uh, the 90s were a big part of music videos and as well as, you know, the, all the rock videos and hip-hop videos that we saw. Saw a lot of country videos, man, and CMT was, was really making it big at that point in time. We had a lot of different experiences and a cool different type of music and my parents actually used to go to a couple of places down here where we live called Cadillac Jacks. I don't remember. This is an old school yes. place. And, and Hillbilly's, uh, Hillbilly Heaven. So we'd go there and there's a lot of country music and beer and they hang out. And of course, they take their kids and be like, just hang out in the chair, listen to music and sip on your cherry Coke, dude. We're going to meet your mom. We're going to drink and go out on the dance floor. It just reminds me of growing up uh, and car rides into town with my parents because, uh, like I've mentioned before, whatever my parents were, were listening to is what we were listening to. And at the time, uh, when I was younger, I lived maybe 20 minutes outside of – no, 15 minutes outside of you know where I went to school. Well, 20 minutes of you riding your horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I got to hear um, you know what they were – and they weren't um, – they listen to everything. I think that's why I, I, I have a pretty wide range of music that I like that I think people uh, don't realize and are surprised when they when I, you know, bust out a particular genre or singer or, or whatever. And, it, you know, you're the metal guy. Yeah, but I listen to a lot of shit. So the Judds, uh, my mom listened to the Judds a lot. Um, so I, I, I knew like they have a greatest hits album that they released and uh, my mom had that on tape and i actually recently got it on vinyl not too long ago it's actually one that i'm really happy to have because i i could probably sing that that whole thing that whole greatest hits album from front to back because my, my mom listened to it all the time Did you so. do it in a metal voice or <laughs> no two things strike me from 90s country music uh the smiling hat acts like garth brooks and clint black and these guys who were happy country singers it was no longer about the stoicism it was more evocative of of pop music and having a good time not that 80s country and, and beyond wasn't but it was more so 
leaning towards pop and that faster tone. Also, the emergence of female artists. I think that was important. I believe there was some sort of unwritten rule uh, where radio stations had to play four male artists before they played one female artist. And that was prominent in country music as well. Uh, You had so many talented female artists break through and dominate. And that's why I think 90s country music, it was not only big for, you know, the pop acts, but you had more inclusion and diversity. And I think that was good. Swear to God, if you sing Rock Me Mama like a wagon wheel and we get really pissed, I will leave right fucking now, Hootie. All right. How does go ahead, Joseph? No, I was just gonna say what's crazy about that is I don't I don't see so you can fault me for this if you want, uh listeners. I don't know too much about today's country and I don't like today's country. I don't I don't like it at all. I think it's completely different. I just think it's 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 kind of crazy how like you mentioned, Rand, the nineties female country singers broke out big and and i think they got more respect back then than they do now uh, to be honest with you i i like their voices better <laughs> then or now then then well taylor swift is very angry with you for that <laughs> she's not a country musician yes <laughs> she is what she was how does modern and joseph i think he jumped the gun on this how does modern day country music compare with 90s country music so really? let me totally go. i didn't even know that at all <laughs> Boy, good job good call joseph <laughs> So what do you guys say? How does it compare? Yeah, it it does not compare. It's not country. I don't don't think it's it's I don't think country is what and and you know what? But to say but people from the you know country in the 60s and 70s and 80s will say 90s countries isn't country. I I guess we're going to. Yeah. Yeah. okay. we're a little bit biased about this because we we, when we grew up. But I don't think I think today's country sounds too much like. It either wants to be rock or they want to be pop. They want to be, you know, and and they might sing with a little bit of a twang or whatever, if you want to call it that. You just don't hear the voices, I guess. Everybody kind of sounds the same or and maybe they sound a little bit too rock and the music's just not. I think today's country music focuses too much on partying and. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, you leave Miranda Lambert out of this, mister. Uh, no, uh, I think I agree with you a million percent. I think today's country is very poppy. I think they're trying to do a lot of commercial type of music. It's very cop- uh, poppy. It's very commercial. I mean, Luke Bryan. I like Luke Bryan. He seems like a really cool dude. I'd Butthead? Fucking drink. Yeah, but <laughs> I definitely fucking drink with Luke Bryan. He seems like a really cool dude. But his Tell me that dude very- doesn't look like Butthead. <laughs> his music's very very poppy very very poppy yeah for sure definitely but it uh, what's the name of the dude married to gwen stefani now blake uh, shelton blake shelton i fucking love blake Shelton. he's a cool dude i'd drink tequila with i'd hang drink. i'd hang with that dude and, no doubt but he's, he's, a little, he's a little old school shit. too yeah he's got an old schoolness to his music like i said luke bryan though is like more of the poppy commercial uh type of thing you know what i mean but i, I like i like more of like the old school dude than 80s and 90s conway twitty still fucks my shit up randall i think i love <laughs> the hair and i'm not gonna say buffon or pizzazz or anything like that because merle haggard would punch me but uh i would I, I definitely think he's pretty cool man you know my take is that every generation complains about the following generation 90s country sure. and all the hat acts as i mentioned and all the women were of course being crapped on by the previous generation who thought it was a good idea for john travolta to play a cowboy an urban cowboy by the way miguel nunez jr who was more convincing as joanna man as travolta was as a cowboy anyway <laughs> 90s 90s country it may have flirted with the pop sound because you heard a lot of it but modern country is com- in complete seduction with it i mean just like country, you said yeah. joseph, country crazy sorry <laughs> country crazy shout out jesse man. you shout mentioned joanna man <laughs> does that make me man 90s country music had its detractors because it veered from tradition a bit. That's when we started seeing the the evolution. Was that criticism warranted? Do you feel like that criticism was warranted? Well, I mean, there was definitely a shift and change. You know, it wasn't just, you know, sad. You know, my, my girl ran away with my dog and now I'm sitting alone in my tractor, that type of bullshit. Uh, this was more like, you had the more like bar drinking songs, you know what I mean? And in a good way where people wanted to get up and dance. And I think they changed that, you know, the sound was different now. No, line dancing was really popular yes. at, at that point in time. And, you know, country bars are popping up and you didn't want to go and sit at a country bar and listen to, to Merle Haggard or, or, or something very sad where you're, you know, getting lost in a bottle of whiskey. You actually wanted to go and pick up women and go for a dance and have a drink and have a really good time. And I think the music kind of reflected that. <laughs> I, I see the difference. Like, okay, like the times were different. So the music uh, was about, you know, tougher times, I guess. Um, you know, things weren't so 
upbeat and peachy in the in country before in the times that we were living you know before the 90s i think um i hate to brag but we did grow up in a great i think i think it was a pretty good economic time um i think everybody was having my lips no (laughs) new taxes i you know so i think i think original um, bush (laughs) yeah bush <laughs> anyway i think uh I, I so i think you know hey yeah we we were hey. people people were living in a more like upbeat time i guess i don't know so so yeah. you, you didn't have to sing about such travesties and 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 hard times and and, and, and it's no disrespect to that you know that genre and, and those songs they're good songs we we love them you sing about what's going on and, and it seemed like you just we were every, everybody at least i mean music was great everybody was having a good time country was big every other genre was huge i mean we had, everything was was popping so <laughs> i was gonna say i'm gonna use a big word for randall parallel the parallels randall between how how they go from 80s music you know 80s music that's so upbeat and so poppy in the rock genre to 90s grunge and it's sad and it's you know depressing and it brings you down and then we had that Flip from country music where it used to be like 90s grunge in the 70s, you know what I mean? Down, it brings you down and it's sad and, you know, blue eyes crying in the rain and it fucking hurts to listen Ugh. to it. But that's the type of song I want to listen to when, you know, shit's going down. To 90s where it started getting more poppy and upbeat, it's like they both did a backflip. Like, well, if grunge is doing down on the sorrow, we're going to pick it up a fucking notch and kind of ride the 80s wave. So it's kind of a cool little difference between rock music and country music during the 90s. Great observation. <laughs> you know, I felt I felt like it was a perfect balance. Nineties country music was uh, storytelling evolved to be more inclusive. Old school country was very regional and raw. I think the nineties, the genre had it, it was it was profiting off you know the economic times. You know, there was it was good fun times. And it's funny because I think about my experiences with country music, and and I remember a quick story. I was in high school, and my counselor pulled me out of my class because she was talking to everybody about um, applying to colleges and I at the time I wasn't sure what I was going to do and she sees my test score she says you you test really well but you're not in anything and she's like you're not in any extracurricular activities you're just kind of floating by <laughs> just, and- just hang out in the corner during lunch you need to get out there <laughs> like sir a, my so-called life anyway so she <laughs> says why don't you get involved in something so I was taking a wildlife class and I said, well, you know, I could join the FFA, the FFA Future Farmers of America. I was in there for about uh-huh. a, I was in there for about a month. Didn't get my corduroy jacket. Uh, didn't, Damn. Didn't show any animals, but I did. I will say this: you did those the pig. Those kids <laughs> were a great time. They had great music playing. Oh, yeah. There Fuck, I was, yeah. misanthropic with my grunge look, and I was thinking, I really missed out. I was so wrapped up in all this like painful, hurtful music. And these kids are having the time of their life and they're dancing and they're having, you know, a good time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I kind of feel a little like I missed out on a little something. I I only stuck around for about a month in that club, but uh, good kids and they had a great time. And and that's when I really started to fall for country music in the 90s because of those uh, those individuals. So we had a few good friends who were in FFA. Yeah, we had a we had a a good amount of friends. Yeah, actually. our country buddies and they, I mean, we just hang out. I mean, we've hung out with them since we we're kids, and and dude, yeah. it's it's great. It's cool, man. I like it. I like it. And then, granted, guys, granted, folks, to listen to us, we're from Texas, so yeah. we all own a pair of boots. I don't know if Randall does. I don't know. I don't know if they have enough shine to them or gleam or pizzazz, but they, uh, you know, we all own a pair of cowboy boots. Most of us have cowboy hats. We're around the ranch and countryside. We we don't live too far from cows, folks, because. It's Texas. So, uh, you know, we have a little <laughs> bit of country. We have a lot of country influence that, that comes along with our territory where we live in. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we had an aunt and uncle that had a ranch. I spent a lot of time at that ranch, yeah. learned how to drive yeah, there, dude. feed animals, shovel shit. So, I mean, we know what we're talking about when we're talking about some of this shit. Anyway, last question, guys. <laughs> Funniest article of clothing worn by 90s country musicians. When you look at the style and the fashion, what's the one thing that says, oh, my God, that was horrible? Okay, so Dwight Yoakam wore the tightest pants any man should ever wear. He's one of my favorite country artists of all time. And I was going to talk about Streets of Bakerfield. I know it came out in 88. It didn't come out. That would have been my pick, by the way, if, if it was in the 90s. But in the Streets of Bakerfield music video, he's wearing, like, these really, really tight pants. And he's wearing, like, one of those belts that the chicks wear with it's just a bunch of buckles. And there's no leather. It's just a bunch of buckles tied together, you know, together. And then, you know, and then it hangs off their waist, like... 
like you know half on the top of the waist half like down the cheek you know what i mean if you if you know what i'm talking about check out the music video and i was like what the fuck is this guy wearing and then you see all the you know it's just it's that was just a i was i was confused by it and i wanted to be him but i didn't want that belt <laughs> i was confused <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i wanted to be him but i didn't want uh i think the overly how do you describe this shirt it's it's the shirt the squares the bedazzled. big squares the or the dazzled no not bedazzled i i think the 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 shirts that have like large stripes not I know. like the not, garth brooks like what he wore yeah, uh, yeah. Well, had, <laughs> dude don't dare talk bad about the, garth it's it's funny it's like funny to look back at some yeah, of the shit, shit that 90s. garth, it's very garth 90s, wore yeah. he he didn't just wear like a, a a plaid button up or something like you wear those striped bright you know red and black so, or blue yeah. and black and or... and the ones that, and the shirts and not just him there was there was other musicians so it's mainly a shirt thing because we just wore jeans and cowboy boots and and cowboy hat you know nothing wrong with that tight so jeans. tight jeans yeah so and 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 like i think when i look back at some of the there's some of the some of the men and i'm sure the women too yeah. wore like a button-up shirt sorry uh with it was like uh denim and then had that like leather brown patch on top so that that's probably what i what i would look it's, back at and be like holy shit like you know, what, what who would wear that shirt today you know, you know who wore that shirt uh, jesse spano had had one of those shirts oh yeah yeah that's right yeah. yeah but she was also in striptease so we're giving her a pass <laughs> <laughs> i think to me i think of two things i think of bolo ties because they were pretty popular and i think of mullets you had to have a mullet. I mean, it was I like I like hard. bolo tie. The only reason why they had mullets because when they took out their cowboy hats, they were fucking bald. <laughs> you see Dwight Yoakam without a hat? Not for me. <laughs> but uh, but uh, with the cowboy hat, beautiful man, beautiful man. <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna move forward to our honorable mentions. Let's start off with you, Bob. Who'd you have? Oh man, you if you're talking '90s country, you have to start with one of the biggest bands of the '90s, Brooks and Dunn, mm-hmm. uh, Neon Moon. Uh, Boots, Good and Boogie, it, you know, amazing songs could have easily been uh, one of my picks. And, you know, I just want to give a quick shout out to Paul McCartney for being that talented. He was in Beatles. He was in Wings and he was able to fucking do country with Brooks and Dunn. Jesus Christ, again, the man can do it all. If you all look at the cover, he looks exactly like I don't know if it's Brooks or it's Dunn or whatever the fuck the real names are. It's Ronnie Dunn. Exa- huh? Ronnie Dunn, yes. Ronnie Dunn looks exactly like Paul McCartney. I don't know. I'd, maybe I haven't had too much to drink, but really, he really does. Tim McGraw, Don't Take the Girl, very sweet song. I don't want to mention that one because Joseph is going to mention it, so I'm going to leave it out there. Shania Twain, You're Still the One. I don't give a fuck how tough you are, how many tattoos you are. That song gets stuck in your head. You'll be singing that shit and mumbling to yourself all the rest of the day. Alan Jackson, Don't Rock the Jukebox. Great fucking song, man. Makes you want to get up. This is one maybe y'all might have, maybe you might not. John Anderson, Straight Tequila Night. That song is fucking awesome. Uh, I don't know if y'all, y'all know that song. Y'all like that song? I've never heard it. What? I think, yeah. I'd, I'd have to <laughs> hear it. Maybe yeah, I've heard you, it. It's one of those songs where like, even 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 my wife, uh, my wife, uh, Creative Little Pill, I played it for her earlier. And she was like, what song is this? And I played it for her. And she was like, oh, crap. I know that song. It's a great song. Uh, okay. Um, and then uh, you got to mention the king, George Strait. Yes. You know, I cross my heart. Uh, when did you stop loving me? I mean, George Strait. I mean, as soon as we mentioned this topic, really, and I'm I'm dumb for saying for for thinking this, but I was like, I have to pick George Strait. I'm going to pick the chair. Little did I know, the chair came out in 19 fucking 85. So I was way I was off by five years, and a lot of his great singles that I wanted to choose, a lot of them were in the 80s or late 80s. So uh, I didn't go with George. Uh, I feel very bad about this. Somebody's going to probably punch me in the face when I walk into Walmart or, or Martin's Feed and Seed or something like that. Uh, because I didn't choose so- uh, George Strait, but uh, I thought those two songs were were pretty great. Uh, what about you, Joe? What do you got? I I also had a uh, neon neon moon as well. Brooks and Dunn. I just think that's 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 an awesome song. Yeah. Uh, I got Midnight in Montgomery. That's probably uh, a one that I remember most when I was a kid. Papa Top again, great song as well. I love that one. I, I, I'm even gonna throw in Achy Breaky Heart. Uh, without there it is. Ken, there it is. So, there you go. Show's <laughs> over, folks. <laughs> Listeners, if you like to, <laughs> dude, you can't you can't deny that that song no, in that the was '90s was that like. Was yeah, I, I have it here written down. That's the one I said. I'm not gonna say it because Joseph's gonna mention it. That's exactly oh no. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, about. I mean, how do you not mention that shit? Did Did y'all have to learn the dance when y'all were in PE? Or was that I just? Yeah, me? I think yeah. I did. No, I did too. Yeah, yeah. You had to learn it right. 
<laughs> we had to learn how to do some kind of dancing at least in junior high and yes. elementary i also have a I can't can't not have this one. Oh, hey, baby, que pasó? Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta have that. I don't know how you don't have the Texas tornadoes on your list, baby. Ready, fucking Fender. That's what we called the San Antonio Pledge of Allegiance. What, what did he say? Uh, national Santa, national anthem. San Antonio, San Antonio. National anthem. <laughs> I have hey, baby, que pasó? So Freddie Fender was a, was this Tejano country musician that actually lives about forty five minutes from where we live. Probably the most popular man that's that's come out of uh, uh, South Texas when it comes to yes. that country genre. Fucking amazing stuff in the in the 70s and 80s dude freddie fender good shit hey baby kippa so uh yeah dude great fucking song i was hoping you'd say that joe yeah of course i did uh i also had a should have been a cowboy sorry that's all right <laughs> this weekend uh, uh hey fuck you <laughs> can't mention can't i mean it's kind of country it's a different form of country so i gotta mention the charanga again uh <laughs> you're going off base <laughs> Let me get to it. Let me get to it so we can go. Uh Thunder Rolls and of course like like um uh can't like a rhinestone cowboy? No. <laughs> you can't not mention uh George Strait and people probably may, may might get pissed off that we didn't pick George. Uh so I got across my heart and when did you stop loving me? Yeah, dude, I, I mean, would have maybe- gone it was Sorry. off the Pure Country album, though. It's like, you want to talk about Death Sea, or you want to talk about, you know, George Strait? It's a great album. For it being an album based off a movie, like a movie soundtrack, I mean, fucking guys, just amazing. George Strait's best country music artist of all time, and we'll say that now so we don't get our ass kicked. I will say this. Uh, one of the first songs that popped in my head when we talked about doing this was Forever and Ever uh, by Randy mm-hmm. Travis, but it came out in 87. So yeah, it's there's a, there's a there's a fine line you know of, of the 80s country that's man just as good and or, or better uh than More the better. 90s and and like red like uh bob mentioned uh streets of bakersfield earlier i mean it's just fucking good clint, clint black too yeah i was thinking clint black clint black came out and clint black was huge he was he started, but his best songs like the ones i wanted to pick were all 88 89 i was like fucking shit just missed him by a year or two i have i have a clint black song so going to, to my picks by the way randy travis on the other hand, it's an 80s song, but another great, phenomenal song from him. I started off with Neon Moon. Uh, so good. I mean, geez, we all, we all picked it. We all listed it first, ironically enough. Uh, Ronnie Dunn, as you mentioned, Bob, had a 78-year-old face and a 27-year-old hair. So I mean, he's doing it right. <laughs> I pick, I went with Any Man of Mine by Shania Twain, and she looks immaculate in this video. Not a fan Amazing. of her pops, not a fan of her pop stuff, but I like this song, America's Sweetheart, America's cool. Canadian Sweetheart. Uh, she, she walks so Taylor Swift could run. I was watching this video with, with my wife, and she was telling me that this video was very controversial because the way she dressed in denim, she was showing her, you know, she was showing her abs and she was wearing this cut off denim. And she was saying at the time, these conservative old white guys, who were listening to country and running all the production and and the industry were like, hey, this is and it's very tame by, by today's standards. I mean, if you see anything that you know Pink or Lady Gaga wears by the by today's standards, very tame. But I mean, great song. Uh, Past the point of rescue by Hal Ketchum. I didn't pick it because I don't have any Ketchum. arrest. Uh, I don't have any arrest warrants. It's a very sort of DWI song. <laughs> Killing time by Clint Black. You mentioned Clint yep. Black. I felt that that was his best song. But it was like released in it, the thing is it was released in eighty nine, but it was like hit it big on the night because it was like late eighty. It, there were so many that are just like on yeah, the fence, so right like on they, the cut. They should they should be getting a pass well, for it. It's anyways. it's like it's like the the decades theory. Like when you think of eighties music, eighties music really takes off in nineteen eighty two. Nineties music really takes off, you know, eighty nine sort yeah, of. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So it, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Dude. Yeah, I'm with you one hundred percent on that. How Was I to Know by Reba McIntyre, Some Girls Do by Sawyer Brown, Every Light in the House by Trace Atkins. I had You Were Mine by The Chicks. We we talked about that in a previous episode. Uh, this Kiss, you got to mention Faith Hill. Uh, you mentioned a lot of Mexicanos, Joseph, but you didn't mention the one Rick Trevino, uh, Just Enough Rope. <laughs> uh, who were you thinking of by the Texas Tornadoes? I have a story about Freddie Fender. So Freddie Fender, who had, I think he had like one major big hit. In Primo, hermano. He was... <laughs> He was a he was a <laughs> true story. He was a friend of my grandfather's on my on my dad's side, and my dad would say that Freddie Fender had the nastiest, stinkiest feet in the world. So, you know, if you're out there, get him off the water tower. Anyway, uh, if and then my last two, if I know me by George Strait. You mentioned he was in a movie called Pure Country. One of the best country singers, if not the best country singer ever lived. One of the worst actors that ever lived, too, because he was terrible in pure country. It launched Ch- uh, Kyle Chandler's career, but uh, he was George Strait was pretty bad. That's why he never acted in another movie. And yeah, then I think it was more of the ponytail. <laughs> the pony. And then the last one, 
I have to mention with my baby tonight by Double J Jeff Jarrett. Oh, really saying by, right? It's a good song with my baby tonight. Check it out. Oh, so he didn't see it. <laughs> sing it, cabron. Who really sang it though? Do you know? Uh, Brian James, uh, the yeah. road dog. Yeah, really. Yeah, sang okay. it. road dog Jesse James. Sir. That's right. That's right. He did. That's right. I forgot. And then he ended up being a wrestler. Uh, anyway, anyway. So wrong we're topic. Gonna, <laughs> we're gonna go on with our our picks. Bob, you're up first. What do you have for best '90s country song? It always seems when you call me out, I just took a big swig of whiskey. And I'm like, fucking shit, I got to swallow this quick. It, that's a joke there, Hello. but I'm not going to go there. Um, how can you not go? I'm going 1990. And the king of 90s country music is, of course, Garth Brooks. I went with Friends in Low Places off the No Fences album. This is the fucking 90s country music anthem, man. You can go to any bar, any country bar in America during the 90s, during the 2000s, even these fucking today, tomorrow, this weekend. And if at midnight they play Friends in Low Places, everyone at that bar is ordering another round and they're singing along because everybody knows the words. Everybody sings along. This is the country music anthem. Like I said, in the 90s, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Garth Brooks on a poster and a concert. His music was all over the radio, and he's had multiple, multiple, multiple hits. I mean, he even did an album where he was like uh, like an alias, right, of somebody else where he's putting out music. This kid was just amazing, and, and you know, you got to give him full credit for really taking over the 90s. I think he's a great dude, and I think there's some really great songs that we might hear about later on today, but Friends in Low Places is that song. It's the bar anthem. It's the one you want to drink to. It's the one you want to smile to. It's the one you want to cheers to it's when you want to sing with your friends it doesn't make you cry it makes you laugh it makes you smile and you know if you have ever been hurt it's like fuck that who cares you know i'm with my friends and let's have a good time it's that feel good song man and i think that it's the number one song i think it kicked off the 90s perfectly because it came out in 1990 um in a, a funny story about it speaking of which you know it, this was New Year's Eve 2005 joseph i think you know what i'm talking about uh i think randall i think you were there as well you know we were drinking and we had already celebrated new year's and it was about 1 30 in the morning and somebody decided to play this song on uh this is back in the day folks so we had a cd player so we put it on this cd player put it on full blast tonight and we were having this big new year's eve bash at my house and as soon as the song came on everybody started singing and we didn't just sing the opening we didn't just sing the chorus we sang the whole fucking thing all four and a half minutes of it or whatever it is uh, everybody nice and loud and cheering and hugging and having a good time. And I think that's what this song represents. This song was the change from the 90s. It was no longer the sad stuff. It was no longer my wife left me and let me crawl into a bottle and be sad. This was my wife may have married somebody else, but fuck her. She can kiss my ass. I'm going to show up at her wedding and I'm going to have a really good time doing it. Who gives a shit? It was the who gives a shit song of the 90s. So. I think this was a big transition in 90s country music. I think this ushered the way for other artists to have a good time while they're making music. And uh, I think it's really untouchable because of those two reasons. Uh, what do y'all think about it? Let me start by saying, for a while, I hated this song. Okay, and I made that very, very well True story. Known. True story. Uh, yes, Bob knows. Uh, I, I might... I hated this song so bad. My <laughs> hatred for the song was because it had been well overplayed, like well overplayed. We at some time, uh, I don't know how long ago, like Bob mentioned, getting together, hanging out. We hung out a few too many times. Not, I mean, not that that's a bad thing, hanging out a few too many times. But those few too many times, this song was played like a lot, and I just couldn't fucking, I couldn't take it anymore. To be fair, to be fair, it's been a while since I've I've been in a situation where I was. Where, where I was out and, and this song might get played. So right now I don't hate it. Uh, I actually acknowledge its place in history. I think this is going to be when you ask people to give a, 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 to try to come up with a pick or, or, or think real quick off the top of their head. This song is probably going to be the song that they're going to they're going to going to come to their head. They're going to probably say it's very well known. Of course, Garth Brooks is is some might say, you know, he was 90s country. Horrible shirts aside. I think there was better musicians um, than him, but I don't uh, disagree with his fucking impact uh, on 90s country. I have said this. I think this song, Bob, it's it's 
this I, I have to admit, it, it, this is a song that if you and me are ever in a beer fest situation, and by beer fest yes. situation, I mean, I've said this, if you've seen beer fest, there's this part in the beginning of the movie where they're at Oktoberfest and they're drinking beer and many people from different countries are singing beloved drinking songs of their country. <laughs> and at one point in the movie, they finally pass it to the Americans and the Americans unfortunately sing 99 bottles of beer on the wall. And everybody gets pissed. So I've told Bob, I go, Bob, if we're ever in a fucking beer fest situation, we ever go to Germany, we're Oktoberfest, and, and fucking people are just singing drinking songs of the countries, and they point it to us, I know what has to be done. Somebody has to start, blame it all on my roots. <laughs> yeah, fuck it's, yeah. It has to happen. Like, I, I, I admit, like, this is going to be the fucking song that, that we have to sing in that situation. So very, very popular song. Very, very big pick. That sounded weird. What'd you say? <laughs> what? I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna spit out my whiskey there. I was about to take a sip and I was like, "What?" You guys um, said <laughs> more like friends in hung low places. <laughs> it said you were swimming, and they was right. Randy's got one ready to go every night. Every time we do this, he's got a dad joke <laughs> or dad something. Jokes are um, us. But yeah, man, this is this is a this is a major, major, major pick, major song. Clearly, one of the most uh, recognized and memorable of the decade. Uh, it's a hard argue. Like I said, I don't hate it right now. But if it's overplayed, then I can get really mad. Randy, <laughs> you know this song is to country what smells like Teen Spirit was to rock, and I like smells like Teen Spirit. The commercialism and the ubiquity, you know, sort of had. I think lost the luster and the charm of the song. And you're right, Joseph, this song was, was very commercialized. It was very overplayed. And I think it kind of lost its, I'm going to use that word again, pizzazz, but it was, um, you can't deny the impact. Bob, I, I, I remember being at your house for 2005 yes. New years. I don't, you sang I, along, I, fucker. I was, that's probably, why I remember this. That's I was why I brought up the memory because both of y'all sang along. So I have you all about the short and curlies. I, I think I was in the front yard crying, calling an ex-girlfriend. So I don't know. New Year knew me. I don't think I was a part of that. Anyway, uh, the intro, the, the, the four note arpeggio. Once you play that, it's Bless over. You. The crowd is going absolutely ape shit. So a little history. Mark Chestnut recorded a more down-tempo version of this song almost a year before Garth Brooks did. Garth Brooks had it on hold first, but it was pitched to Chestnut when he but when he when he didn't record it fast enough, Garth Brooks claimed the song back. So how do you think Mark Chestnut feels? I mean, he got kicked in the chestnuts once he saw all the fame that this song, you know, established. You got to look at Garth Brooks' catalog in the 90s. 17 number one country hits for Garth in the 90s. And, and my argument is that this is definitely one of his best songs, but it's not his best song. But I, I do think it's well, it's a well-written story. Guy shows up at his ex's engagement party, tells her that, you know, she was absolutely right. It's, you know, a little turn of the tables there. It's quintessential honky tonk. Uh, fun trivia at the 340 mark in the song. You could hear somebody say, uh, you could hear somebody yell, push Maria or push Marie. While this song was being recorded, one of the band members' wife was going into labor and he wasn't able to make it on time for the recording. So that little, you know, trademark was a tribute to his wife and song, his wife and kid. It's a fun drinking song. It's a fun karaoke a karaoke song. You're absolutely right. It's a drinking anthem. It cemented Garth's legacy in country music. And not bad for a guy who grew up on Kiss and Led Zeppelin. My yeah. big my big complaint is that Garth Brooks used a song about low lives and drunkards to appease his well-to-do suburbanite fans. People we are who, talking about country here. <laughs> people who can run in the same circles as Garth Brooks fans wouldn't be caught dead in a shitty bar like the Oasis. Anyway, Brooks told a reporter, <laughs> Brooks told a reporter from USA Today in October 1990 when the song was still at its chart peak that he received letters from high school students saying that they wanted to use Friends in Low Places as their class song only to have it opposed by the principals because the song is about escaping and drinking. Brooks agreed with the principals and said, we've had a lot of fun with this song, but it's nothing to base your values on. And he's right. Famous author, uh, one of my favorites, Chuck Klosterman, wrote that Garth Brooks was yes. filling some voids. Bruce Springsteen's songs left us, you know, except with a little less sincerity and a little better understanding of who his audience was. So perfect song for the audience that, that, was catering, that he was catering to. The song was held for him. He didn't think enough of it. Or he was coaxed or talking into it. So that's my big argument is that Garth Brooks heard this song. He probably heard the stripped down version and said, you know what? Not my song. I'm sure his um, 
his agents, his producer said, you need a hit. You have to record this song. So I think he was kind of coaxed into it. So I factor that. And, and although it's a huge hit, it's fun. I think the song could have been done by a number of artists. And Garth Brooks sort of hit his stride with a blue collar audience. He locked them in and he wrote this rocket ship. I'm not saying it was disingenuous, but his ballads, I think, were much better, much more sincere. And I think they weren't as gimmicky or as exposing as Friends in Low Places. He caught the wave of a song that was going to be huge no matter who sang it. But I also think the sincerity and the kind of like, hey, I'm forced to do this song in this arrangement. But he got lucky. And that's my biggest complaint. Oh, man. Well, I, I think if you look at the, the 90s in general for 90s country music, and we talked about it at the beginning, 90s country music was fun. It's something you wanted to dance to, something you wanted to drink to. It wasn't so sad and down the dirt, you know, uh, you know, uh, like we talked about Merle Haggard in, in, in Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. So I think he was like, you know, he ushered in this new era of country music that became really really popular and we'll see with with other picks and all their honorable mentions how popular this type of country music was so i don't know if he was coaxed into it i think he was the originator i think he was the one that sparked this this new style of, of country music and if he wasn't the originator motherfucker took it mainstream so i think he did a great job with that and you know everybody loves those you know sad tearjerker country songs we all do i love them they're my favorite out of any any sort of type of country song but i think this song just hit man and i think it was a sound song of the 90s because it was the sound of 90s country music you have you have to give Garth Brooks credit for for taking this song and elevating. He's even added verses to it. I mean, when he performs it in concert, I mean, he's amazing. You could watch any concert on YouTube. This guy gives his heart and soul to the crowd. And when this song comes on, he knows that he's got him wrapped around his finger and everybody loves it. Is it a great song? Absolutely. Did it establish 90s country as a mainstream uh, genre? Yes. Is it his best song? Is it the best country song? That's to be debated. So we'll go on to our next pick. Scoreboard. Joseph, what do you got for us? One of the earliest songs I can remember as far as you know, country in the 90s is Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. I had just turned eight years old when this song was released, but I wasn't a stranger to Alan Jackson. For some reason, you know, my mother and, and, and father played his music more than, than any other country musician at the time. Gee, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was already familiar with with don't rock the jukebox and specifically uh midnight in montgomery i mentioned that in my in, i mentioned that song in my honorable mentions i think that was one of my father's favorite songs at the time so i heard that one a lot and i and i really love that song too that's that i i don't want to it's a ballad it's not a love ballad but it's a good fucking song anyway chattahoochee is the one that i feel best suits this topic it was released in may of 93 like i said which means it turns 30 years old this year it's got it's got a great rhythmic sound it's up tempo it's perfect for you know the lay of the land of the at the time uh we when we think or at least when i think uh 90s country i think you know line dances i think square dance the the two-step the cowboy cha-cha you know I, all these you know dances and that's what people wanted to do in the 90s you know people we were we were happy we talked about it earlier there you know, the music was was more up tempo and sure there's ballads and there's some some love songs and whatnot but i think everybody was happy and everybody was up and you know going so and this song to me is that this is your jam for all those dances is it repetitive sure but who gives a fuck it sounds good there's at least two different you know verses so i'm good he sings two different verses before he you know repeats a lot of shit i'm fine with that it's lyric content is nothing to brag about you know jackson said it was it was a song about having fun and growing up and the coming of age you know in a small town which which really applies to anyone across the country not just you know the chattahoochee that does you know we're all young we were we come just not that young when we were growing up and this song came out you know, where we live, you still can't really call this area a big town, but it's definitely not bigger than what it was. Another thing about this song and, and Alan Jackson in particular is his voice. It's like butter. It's smooth. It fits the sound and the style of the time. You know what I mean? There's a Rushmore of country voices in the 90s. Um, he's on it. For me, it's Rushmore country voices. I mean, three of them are, are obviously... Alan Jackson, Travis, and of course, George Strait. This guy's on it. His voice is, is, is just, it goes 
perfectly. I don't know. There's something about it. it just screams 90s country to me. It's a simple song, I know, but like I said, it's never going to go out of style. And, and I think that its legacy is cemented for this topic. And I'm not trying to brag, but what a kick-ass video. I mean, hanging out by the river and, and going water skiing in, in a cowboy hat and jeans and, and a you know a vest, wearing the Dallas Cowboy jersey he was wearing. I believe it was a Herschel Walker jersey, and he's kind of out there nowadays, but that's still a cowboy jersey, so it was fucking cool with me. Just 10 times better. Anyway, that's my pick, guys. What you got? You had mentioned, Joseph, that you know these Mount Rushmore of country singers I'm kind of disappointed you didn't say Porter Wagner, but that's okay. Um, so anyway, fun listen uh, gets people moving. Uh, it's it's a song that's fast, 175 beats per minute. However, this is exactly what you don't want on your Google search. A word that you're unsure what it means in the last you know couple oh, of sure. spells hoochie. So I don't. I'm not too sure. I know it's about the Chattahoochee River, but the song title. With the accent, it sounds a little derogatory to me. I don't know. But anyway, even Waylon Jennings asked, what the hell is a Chattahoochee? So I thought that was funny. So can we dissect? It's a river. Can we can we dissect the first <laughs> My two? My kind of river. Can we dissect the first two lines of this song? Well, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Yonder, of course, is country for way the fuck over there. Okay. It gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. Hoochie coochie. Is that what I think it means? This is supposed to be a family-friendly song, and he's singing about what I, I I don't know what Hoochie Who said family-friendly? I don't see no <laughs> kids. That, I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let him go. I'm, let him let I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, go. at least the two live crew waited for the song's chorus to be this nasty. Anyway, this sounds like it's supposed to be a family-friendly song, but kids who were born out of wedlock are singing and dancing to this song at their mother's third wedding. So I don't know what Hoochie Coochie is supposed to be. Can somebody tell me? Because I think I know. But it's, can somebody tell me what it means? If you think you know, you don't really know, bro. <laughs> you know, and my only my only response to that before you while you before you continue is what you got against Hoochie Coochie, man. That's I, all I, just, <laughs> I just want I just want some clarification before I because Hoochie Coochie's heard him in the past. He does not sure if he wants it anymore. <laughs> you know, so there's another verse. Well, we fogged up the windows in my old Chevy. I was willing, but she wasn't ready. So I settled for a burger and a grape snow cone. I dropped her off early, but I didn't go home. Grape snow cone. Has the munchies. To, he had to, it has to be cold for something. I don't know. But anyway, so anyway, this video let, leaves a lot to be desired. Alan Jackson is water skiing in his ripped jeans and actually he was doing the water ski he did he did all the scenes except yes. for the flip he the flip was a stunt man mm. but he did he did all the rest sissy the kids in this video they definitely grew up to storm the capitol on january the 6th at least the ones that <laughs> <laughs> they, they look like they were chasing forrest gump in this video anyway there's a part in this video where these boys stepped they stop short of running over a turtle they get out of the car and start hanging around with the turtle offering it food and whatnot you know these slack-jawed misfits did something to that turtle and i'm sure it involved fireworks being played somewhere i i god knows what anyway it's a fun down-home song alan jackson has the mustache he has the mullet He's incredibly fast-paced. You know, we talked about Achy Breaky Heart. And yes, I had mentioned that song as the best guilty pleasure song in uh, one of our episodes uh, in November of 2021. This is also, to me, a guilty pleasure song because it's fun to listen to. I wouldn't call it the best because I think the outreach falls a little short. He's pushing the scheme of relatability, but it's very exclusive to people who date their cousins. No, no, no. It doesn't sound quite like the crossover power. It doesn't, you know, perambulate like songs about... The way experience should. I'll give you an example. Let's take a song about an experience. Like Ice Cubes, it was a good day. I've never experienced the things Ice Cube has in that video, except maybe messing around and getting a triple-double. But I relate more to that song. No way that happened. I feel, no way that happened. I, I feel more to, to, uh, closer to that song. And Alan Jackson's singing about the this you know experience that he has, an experience that everybody has, and the relatability. I just don't relate to this song. I think it's just beyond me. But of course, this is a very strange. And it sounds very like Cajun also. But I guess he's he's targeting a very specific audience. What do you think, Bob? Well, that's what happens when you only go to the FFA for one month. You can't relate to this shit, okay? <laughs> okay, sir, that's your fault. That's your shortcoming. I just want to throw that out there. No, I think that this is a very feel-good, fun song. Again, this is the new style of 90s country music. You know, it's a little more upbeat. It's a little more poppy. People sing along. It's about having fun. It's about drinking. It's obviously about smoking. It's obviously about hoochie coochie. I mean, it's it's just such a great, great song. But it's a feel good song. It's a fun song. Is it the best song of the '90s? Maybe. I'll give you a maybe, man. I, I think that um, 
Alan Jackson had this one. Don't rock the jukebox is so fucking fun and it's so so country that I think if you had chosen that pick, Joseph, there would be zero argument for me because that one feels so so. There's nothing really poppy about it. It's very country. It's just upbeat country and it kind of fits that mode like so perfectly. Chattahoochee is so fucking fun, dude. And the you know the the puns of the double entendres and the double meanings and shit like that of what it could be and what it is and what it's not and whatever. It's just a river my ass that i think it's so great dude and i'm not gonna say anything bad about the song because when you chose this song it was like motherfucker that's a great great pick i love this song i think it's very fun if we're drinking and we're putting on let's put on some country music that's the first fucking song or one of the first fucking songs i want to listen to because it kind of gets you in the mode and it pumps you up i don't know i can't say that it's the best 90s country song I just know it's a very fun and it's a drinking song of the nineties. I don't hate this song, Joseph. I really don't. I I'm think not it's saying a, you did. He does, I, he I does, think I, I think I think the only person that would hate this song is a Ned Beatty and Deliverance. Other than that, I think everybody else <laughs> thinks it's a pretty good song. We're gonna go on to my pick. I picked Uh-oh, the dance by Garth Brooks. Of course, Garth Brooks dominated the nineties, so he's worth talking about twice. It's hard to defend our boy Garth when he doesn't allow his music to stream. So it's hard to find him on Spotify and Apple. That's a decision he's made. This was honored. This song was honored as both the 1990 Song of the Year and Video of the Year by the Academy of Country Music. And although he loved this song, you know, Brooks was hesitant about recording it because he didn't think it sounded country enough. His producer, Alan Reynolds, gave him the push that he needed and he said, you don't cut this song, it will be the biggest mistake of your life. This is going to be your biggest hit, I guarantee you. He makes it sound more country, and it's just a massive hit. I'm going with this one because it's authentic and it's sincere. Just about anyone can relate to this song. You could play it in so many, it could be a funeral song, it could be a heartbreak song, it could be a song you're listening to just because you've had a shitty day and you need you need that companionship of, of, of music. In a 1994 Playboy interview, I only brought that issue for the Lauren Michaels interview, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> Brooks said, unless I have I'm totally surprised the dance will be the greatest success it'll be the greatest success i'll ever have as a song i'll go to my grave with the dance it'll probably be my favorite song forever it's almost genre defiant but it's undeniably soulful and if you read the youtube comments go watch the video it means so much to so many people and the people they've lost and the heartbreak they've gone through i think the levity and the weight this song holds it leaves a stinger in your skin what's even more genius about this song is that it double dips brooks explains that this song was written with a double meaning both as a love song about the end of a passionate relationship and a story of someone dying because something he believes in you know is gone after a moment of glory he took this little song written by tony arada who was this little known musician and gave it the stage that it deserves i think this is a beautiful song i think that we think so much about country music in the 90s being so upbeat and so fun that i think the ballads is where it's at when i was listening to the songs we were reviewing for the show i felt myself relating more towards towards the ballads and, and the emotional song and maybe it has something to do with me being that age during the 90s and relating it relating to it more having that life experience but this song just just stuck with me what do you guys think you know what man i why are you always why 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 are you the way that you are man <laughs> why can't you ever just be happy and pick a good song yeah. <laughs> I know y'all chose upbeat songs to make it available. I want to cry in the quarter. <laughs> Look, is it is it okay? It's Garth Brooks, so obviously we've already discussed. We've already kind of talked about you know this. If if he if he's you beautiful. he's, he's beautiful. either he's either the greatest or he is nineties country or he's just up there with with somebody else. For the most part, I think people are going to say he is nice country. I mean, he had a lot of hits. He he knew what to do. I don't fault any country musician for doing ballads or love songs. Like I mentioned in mine, uh, it's not a love song, but it is a slower song. It's the ballad. Midnight in Montgomery is a great fucking song. I love that song. I don't think that the lyrical content of any uh, of these songs matter. I'm I mean, as long as they're not, you know, anything crazy. Uh, I understand this is a, a very emotional song, but it to me, it's all I can say is when I think nineties countries, I nineties country, excuse me. I think, countries. <laughs> I think uh the the good time, the dance, the I don't want to say party, but yeah, party, but I think nineties parties were different than what today is and what today's country parties would be. So I'm I'm thinking and, and Bob's is a good it's not it's not a you you can slow you can kind of slow dance to it but not like a ballad slow dance to bob's pick you can definitely move and groove with mine and i know you can slow dance to this but i but to me i'm yeah but you cry though 
<laughs> we thought we were gonna be together forever <laughs> on the dance floor anyway no i mean i just it's not his best song to me and it's not his best song of the 90s if, if i'm gonna put uh if i'm gonna pick a garth brooks song of the 90s it would probably be bob's selection um, thank you sir i'm not I'm, a, I, I, I'm thinking more of of i'm looking at this more in the terms of getting up and having a good time and that's how i always view many of the country hits i know there's ballads that are hits i know that but i look at this more of a, a get get moving and grooving uh, like I mentioned in, when I was talking about mine, the line dances, the square dances, and things like that. So uh, I don't, I don't pick this one over Bob's pick. I don't. Oh shit! Thank you for that endorsement. <laughs> Is it better than Thunder said- Rose? No, I would rather hear Thunder Rose. I would <laughs> rather hear Thunder Rose. Thank you for reminding me of that. I did want to. I was gonna. I wanted to say, Rand, if you had gone with Thunder Rose, I would have. I would have been like, it's, it's, it's a ballad, but it's got some. I don't they know. They want you to take the roles. <laughs> Thunder, I'd pick I mean, Thunder Rose over this one. Let me just start by saying, sometimes late at night, uh, if I'm getting so, Garth Brooks has put out some just amazing music in the late 80s and early 90s. And again, uh, George Strait is the king of Texas country and the king of country music. I think he's just the best of all time. He's amazing. But Garth Brooks really dominated the early part of the 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And he was just phenomenal. And this song is phenomenal. But, you know, if we're going to go with a ballad, and we're just going to go strictly Garth Brooks and the ballad. My pick definitely is If Tomorrow Never Comes. Uh, you know, that this is... I think that was song. 80s, though. Yeah, it came out It came out in 89. Yeah. Yeah. It was released at the end of 89, but it still hit number one in the 90s. And I think American or the American Country Awards voted it like in 91 as the best country song so far of the 90s. So it, it's on the cusp, and I want to mention that. And I know it's 89. And it, it was released, I think, in, in September of, of 89. If I'm going to go with a ballad from Garth Brooks, I think I'm going to go with this specific song, If Tomorrow Never Comes. That's a song that really, like, connects to me. And, you know, you did mention that Friends in Low Places seemed a little coerced and seemed a little, like, he didn't want to do it, but, you know, you should do it. He's pushed by producers. But that's the exact same thing you said with, with, with this song, The Dance, that he was pushed and he was coerced and he was coaxed into doing the song and producer said, this is the one you don't want to miss out on. And, okay, fuck it, I'll do it. Ended up being a big song. But, you know, If Tomorrow Never Comes, Garth Brooks himself that says, that's my signature song if he's going to be remembered by a song that's a signature it might not be his most popular it might not be his biggest seller it might not have been a number one hit but he says you know what that's my signature song and it reminds him of his mortality it reminds him if you know he has his daughters he wrote it about his daughters and his wife and he heard a story about somebody dying and he's like shit if I were to die how would my daughter feel how would my wife feel what would happen to them so it really inspired him to write this song so I'm going to listen to one of these ballads I'm these heartbreakers and one of these songs that really touch your heart and you know bring a tear to your eye i'm listening to if tomorrow never comes because that song really really affects me you know the dance uh, it's a good song it really 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 is a great song but as far as ballads and as far as like having an effect on me personally or having an effect on like, something that makes you hurt like walked on water by by uh who was it not randy was it randy travis <laughs> yeah but randy travis okay sorry yeah but but if it's if, if you're talking about like walked on water by randy travis there's these real ballads that really hurt you and, and affect you personally if tomorrow never comes is one of those songs that just has that great effect on me that makes me hurt that makes me feel that makes me feel like blue eyes crying in the rain by willie nelson the dance just it's a great fucking song, and I will not deny it's not a great song, but it doesn't hurt me or make me feel like make me feel good. Like if tomorrow it never me. comes. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, another, let's hear about it. Randy shaking his head, he's already crying. No, let's, let's hear it. No, if tomorrow never comes is a great ballad. It was released in August of 1989. Now the okay. the award it won in 1991 was named favorite country single. So they weren't going year by year when he got that award. They were just saying favorite country single of all time or whatever they were voting on, you know, and I will say this, you were talking about coercion. Was he coaxed into, so there was a difference between the coercion in friends in low places versus the coercion and, uh, uh, the dance friends in low places. He thought the song wasn't going to hit and he just shelved the song. Didn't think enough about it. The dance on the other hand, he wasn't really saying, you know what? I'm going to shelf it because 
because I don't think the song was big enough. He thought the song was bigger than him. So it's a little twist in, in, in those two matters. There's a difference between his attitude towards friends in low places versus his attitude towards the dance. So I just want to make that that point. And, and I and I, I understand your, your your pick, Rand. I know it's a huge song. It is. Uh, it's one of his, his uh, biggest hits uh, of many hits. If we're going to do a, a best sad, you know, whatever, or most emotional, you know, whatever topic, then you're going to win. Like, that's a hell of a fucking song. I'm going to think more of, like I said, of how I feel and how I view 90s country. I would have uh, a close second behind probably Friends in Low Places for me would also be Rodeo. I think that's... That's a good fucking song. You can, you you know, that's a good Garth Brooks song as well. And it's just, a, it just kind of, you know, it adds to him and 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 his um his legacy of you know hits in the in the '90s and and possibly being the king of of '90s country. Even though he may not be the you know the best country singer. I know we've we we're, we've already said you know it's George Strait because we're you know we're Texas and that's the way it is. But this guy, you know, I, I, for ballads, I would have gone with Thunder Rolls. I think that's a better song. I think it's uh it's got some some good story too and whatnot. We talk about the the state of modern country music. There's some good artists out there. We got Chris Stapleton, Cody Jinks, uh Sturgill Simpson. There's 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 some really good artists Sturgill out there. Sturgill reminds me of the old school. So yeah. that's that yeah, you're Cody, right. Cody Jinks is cool as shit though. He has a cool voice, man. Cody Yeah, Jinks, so like we, we still got great country out there, but guys, your final words on and you can talk about modern country or, or 90s country music. What are your final thoughts? I think that this era of country, like I've said in the beginning, is was so good, so good, so big, so popular um, that it never, it's never going to go away. We were like Bob uh, mentioned. I don't think he mentioned it while we were recording, but you know, he mentioned it before. We were listening to these songs uh, Saturday night to get you know more inspiration, get our arguments in order, talk about and you know drink. things to and to drink. And they're good. They're good songs to this day. And like I said, you can go to a country bar uh, where they dance and you can play these songs. And I know there's there's you know newer musician newer musicians and country artists, but um, you know I, these songs will never go out of style. They can people are still going to get up and still enjoy them just like we did before. Uh, I pass it on. I just want to say uh give a shout out to jesse our friend jesse an uh, avid listener and friend his pick was thunder rolls so i asked him to you know tell me what he what he would have picked and, and he said that and of course also I, I talked to our canadian friend uh friends i was trying to talk to both of them but i think i only got i was only able to talk to Steffi. i wanted to hear her opinion because you know canadian shania twain randy mentioned shania twain uh in some of his honorable mentions she said though that um she would probably have to agree that it was friends in low places but of course she's canadian they're canadian she says that feel like a woman when that song comes on they lose it so but those are feel like their a picks <laughs> I just wanted to give them a, a shout out. And this is a very popular topic. A lot of people got excited when we when we were talking about doing this. I really do dig Cody Jinx and his sound. Joseph, wasn't he like a metal singer beforehand, before he got into the country? Fuck yes, he Joseph. was. Joseph's big on him. Now I'm going to talk about somebody that Joseph is not big on, and that's Chris Stapleton. Joseph is not a big fan of Chris Stapleton, but I'm a really big fan of Chris Stapleton and, and his music. And he is last, not his last album. I, I thought the, the single he put out with Justin Timberlake was really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Say something. I thought that was fucking amazing. But there's this song. If you like Randy Travis, uh, he walked on water. If you like that old school Randy, this is shout out to you. This is probably in particular for you. Chris Stapleton does a song called Daddy Doesn't Pray Anymore. And if you're feeling like crying at a two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> on a fucking Wednesday, that is the goddamn song that you should listen to. It's a very heartbreaking and touching song. It's a kind of song that's a throwback to like the 60s and 70s. It's a Willie Nelson heartbreaker. It's a more Haggard. It's a song that makes you feel. It's a song that makes you hurt very badly. So if you listen to it and then you hate yourself afterwards and you hate me afterwards, I apologize ahead of time. But that's one of those songs like Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain fucks me up, man. That that song just really hurts me. It's such a great and like perfect song. So I that's one of the songs, man. Chris Stapleton. Whether you like him, whether you hate him, whatever, that song in particular is just, it's its its a heartbreaker. I love the hypocrisy of you guys shitting on my pick and then going and railing off all these hurtful, emotional <laughs> songs. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking 90s country. We're talking 90s country. We wanted to drink Jack Daniels and fucking two-step and 
and you know find a chick that we want to dance with now nowadays we're fucking 40 years old and the mortality i mean like you know we're we're seeing the end of days you know we we, we know exactly what life's about so we're a little more like you know daddy doesn't pray anymore and fucking blue eyes crying in the rain but i mean in the 90s i wanted to fucking party you know, as we're wrapping up, any movie recommendations, TV shows? Could I start off? Or, Ooh. Bob, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I, I want to mention two quick things. I just watched Elvis, and it was amazing. Uh, Austin really? Bu- Austin Butler, I think. Well, I, I mean, I haven't seen Brendan Fraser in The Whale. I haven't seen uh, Colin Farrell in, in The Banshees of Inisherin. So I, I don't know, but he was tremendous. I learned so much about Elvis. Obviously, it's a, it's a one-sided sort of story, but Elvis was, like, really screwed up. I mean, his man like wrote him and made him perform in Vegas Whoa. for the last five years of his life. He couldn't tour worldwide. He was on so hopped up on drugs and, and miserable. And it really brought a human element to Elvis. Of course, if you know the story, Priscilla Presley and the family got the rights back in the 80s. And even though Elvis, you know, his his estate was broke, they finally wrangled the 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 estate back from, from uh, Tom Parker. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. But man, Elvis was just such a tragic figure i didn't i've never saw him in that light so kudos to austin butler by the way if they made a uh, modern day urban cowboy they'd probably cast him in the john travolta role but he uh, he really banged it out and the last thing i want to mention is i i watched that nighty show and uh, i've seen mm. about four episodes wasn't really big on the first episode of course you know we grew up in the 90s these kids were about my age i was around that age it, it was the summer of 95 i'm happy that they didn't use like the grunge aesthetic because that was post grunge no and of course it's the summer so nobody's wearing flannel but it was really carried by red and kitty which it should it was nice seeing them back they have great chemistry they're very funny the show kind of grew on me i don't know if the the younger actors have the star power that the the kids from the 70s um had they you know they brought in some things they kevin smith the mall uh you know blockbuster there were some things there that you know brought back some nostalgia what about you guys joseph talk about that 90s show because i know just watched it and he was like no i didn't i haven't watched it oh so who was it was jesse Jesse. one of our friends i have listeners he was like he wanted to like it. He was really into it. And he was like, no, this isn't. No, no. It's not, it's not the 70s show. Yeah. 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 He couldn't really relate to it, man. The show I've been watching and, and I saw, well, I saw Velma. Have you all seen Velma yet on HBO Max? No, no, no. It's yet. kind of a trip. It's like a Scooby-Doo spin-off with Velma and it, it's kind of a trip. But the one show I wanted to talk about is The Last of Us. Have you all seen The Last of Us? No. I've I played the, the video first, games. Yeah, you play the video games. So it's based off the video games. And I they're saw great the video games. Episodes. Yeah, dude, it's really cool. I saw the first two episodes, and there, cool. it's it's pretty fucking awesome. awesome. So that's uh, badass. There's yeah, if, if there is a show that I can recommend, like hey, dude, go check out The Last of Us. Pretty cool. Post-apocalyptic, you know, virus, you know, people turning it. It's just fucked up, and you got to see it, dude. First episode had me like, holy shit, and the second episode. Has me hooked, so uh, that's a really, really that's that's one you got to check out. There's, I'll add to that quickly, just as somebody who's played both part one and part two multiple times, uh, and I'm glad to hear you say that, Bob. And I've actually read or heard too that uh, as, like I said, as I've as many times as I've played those games, I've thought that yes, they're great games, but their story is really awesome. They're two great stories, and it's a lot of content. So uh, if they're doing half as good as the story in the actual game which i've heard they're doing then this should be there should be plenty uh, uh at least a few seasons because i mean they're long stories in the game so i don't know they're obvious i don't think they're gonna completely you know do one whole game in one season so i think they can spread it out real nicely and and, and if you like it and a lot of people like it then it should be around at least for a while i will say the girl i believe it was jenna uh also said to i said we yeah i was getting uh picks from everybody she agreed with bob uh garth brooks and and welcome and uh i like it i love it by tim mcgraw so i mean there's a lot of great songs man a lot of great songs from the 90s this was a really fun topic and and it was a lot of fun listening to these songs again by the way i had a great time in the 90s don't let my pick fool you i had a great happy time in the 90s and before we were there i did wear a lot of flannel and i shouldn't have <laughs> i just want to say congratulations joseph you reminded me our, our friends uh jen and danielle at the did not need to know podcast they got published in an article uh i believe the magazine's called women who podcast uh, they're featured on the january edition check it out we get a mention too so thank you for that and a uh, very happy and uh, excited about their 
their um, uh, you know progress and the exposure they're getting from the from the article. So we're happy for them. And you know what's also cool? We just folks, we're just releasing our new store with a lot of different merch. If y'all are interested, we have coffee mugs, we have sweatshirts, some some t-shirts we have pine glasses we have stickers we should be releasing it tomorrow we'll be post making some posts making some uh, we'll send you all a link we'll post it on our instagram and facebook and twitter so if anybody's interested for some reason that you want to have some cool formidable opponents uh merch we're going to be posting it up tomorrow so if you want to check that out dude that'd be really cool we're not making we're not going to become millionaires folks if you buy a pint glass you buy a sweater making like two bucks a pop after you've won it's really not about that it's about you know if you want to buy something and wear it around and you spread the word that'd be really cool we have some cool stickers we have some cool sweatshirts so check it out we'll be posting it up uh probably what's today the today's tuesday probably be posting it up like wednesday or thursday which is the 25th 26th around the january 25th 26th so check it out guys if you're interested yeah, that'd be really cool Yes, and special thanks to Creative Little Pill who helped set up this shop. Uh, we do have the merchandise link available on our link tree on our Instagram. However, we'll be featuring the things we'll be selling, hoodies, pint glasses, uh, coffee mugs, T-shirts, you name it. We got it up there. So if you want to support the show, you want to go out there and, and wear a cool hoodie, we got those things available for you. And check out her store as well, the, the, the incredible Creative Little Pill. Awesome. Go check out her store and we thank her very much. Uh, if you like any of our, our, our merch, it's because she's fucking awesome at what she does for us. Thank you. Yeah, she's great. And you know what? We want to we want to throw this out there for folks. You know, we want to offer something back. If you buy three different items from us, we want to give you something back. So if you want to have a five-minute conversation, Joseph, Joseph's out here. Joseph, smile. Come on, Joseph. If you want to talk to any one of us three, and I'm going to give you this. I'm going to throw it. I don't throw Joseph under the bus. If you buy three different items from us, you will win a five-minute conversation. I don't know why you'd want to talk to us, but you can. A five-minute <laughs> phone call from one of us, uh, and you can talk about whatever you want. Politics, music, favorite treats, Texas. Randall will talk about FFA, and he'll use big words if you want. Whatever you want, folks, just uh, let us know. If you buy three things from us, I mean, it's going to be one bundle. You can't just buy, like, three different things. If you buy three things from us, we'll throw in a little three-minute to five-minute little conversation on the phone. If you buy ten things, all of us will FaceTime with you and send you happy birthday wishes, okay? So uh, just throwing that out there, folks. If you, you know, buy some of our stuff. If you buy 12 items, I'll slow dance the dance with you at, some point at your wedding in front of your If you husband. buy 13 items, we'll prevent him from slow dancing with you. <laughs> Excellent. That's our show, everyone. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and let us know what your all-time favorite 90s country song is. Most importantly, let us know what you think about the show. You may reach us at all forms of social media. Just search for for formidable opponents and we want to thank again creative little pill for the great artwork please follow her on instagram at creative little pill please rate and review us on apple and spotify that really helps us out and join us next episode as we discuss we'll discuss the best 90s hip-hop slash rap song so for bob and joseph i'm randall we'll see you all next week partners <laughs> partner so long partner <laughs> exactly what i thought <laughs> yeah Hank's always seen that. <laughs>